Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck! Stop oh, the dying! Hey, Chuck, I guess I, I, I like that. I guess you didn't die over in Europe, huh? <laughs> no way. No way. No, but, but the I, desperate, I, I, I'm i seeing this as an expansion. We, how about this? We could have a spinoff. Uh, a, I think it's at the point now we could have a spinoff podcast called Stop Killing. How about that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing as how well our Stop Dying has worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Might increase it. Chuck oh, Davis. Awesome, man. <laughs> Touché. Oh my God! Yes, as we've the, for those not keeping to- tally at home, since we started the Don't Die podcast, the overdose death rate has just skyrocketed year after year. So obviously, we're not making <laughs> we're not. It's obviously just a bunch of old punk rockers listening to this that haven't touched fentanyl in forty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're well, addressing well. ourselves. I so, sorry, we flew that right into the mountain right away. <laughs> I did have a listener, though, that I bumped into. I forget where. Sid knows. She gets a little irritated. <laughs> but some, I bumped into somebody, and they said, hey, is the fentanyl you guys are talking about on Don't Die the same thing as the fentanyl you get when you have surgery? And I said, yeah. 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 And he, goes, oh, he goes, oh, I've had that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With oh a nurse God. and with a doctor and with oh. himself hooked up to everything, so you know they they there's oh, a guy paid God. to just watch you. No, but yeah. I, I mean, just that question would have never arisen 35 years ago. Somebody would be yes, smart so. enough to know. Hey, something called fentanyl that he that the don't <laughs> die guys are talking about. I I they would never. No one that we knew in me and Mike circle would ever think. I wonder if it's the same thing as the fentanyl they give you at the hospital. <laughs> People are so fucking stupid, Chuck. <laughs> wow. Do you, wait, you can't call the listeners stupid. Yeah, you well, can't. I, I, well, I bumped into him like in San Diego, so I'm hoping I never go back to San Diego. If he's, he seemed like a good guy and he has good sense of humor, he would know, like, that's a pretty dumb question. I mean, how do we start? How, we, how do we go back to where we where People used to call me stupid all the time. <laughs> so what we're telling that listener is to don't you're in good company. Yeah, yes. but but I mean, when you say a dumb thing, somebody should say that's a dumb thing. <laughs> yep. Now tell him you love him, Bob. And thank I you for do. The love, I, hey, I live. The, I love the dumbest of the dumb, and and uh, and I have been considered one many many for many years. But but no, this thing that happened to me yesterday. Let's just be frank. I don't know when Mike's putting this out. Apparently, we got to check upstairs with with uh, the big dogs upstairs, but Wait, this podcast, yeah, well, there's one big dog I know of, uh, but, uh, but this will probably come out on Thursday. Tonight is Tuesday, but yesterday was 4th of July. I yep. was at the 4th of July uh, parade. The first one we've done in Claremont in three years. Uh, for those of you that have listened, I love the parade. It's like Mayberry RFD. The mayor rides on a old, you know, ranchero car and, <laughs> Yeah. There's there's horses. There's there's yeah. like there's like you know like I don't know. It's like it's like Mayberry RFD in downtown Claremont, mm-hmm. and, the, and the kids all ride their skateboards and scooters and bikes, and it's really cool. So it was hell. It was hell because power is the bee. Here's the other thing. I complain about shit, and then when it goes my way, I go, "What the fuck? How did how did this happen? Why is it at ten <laughs> in the morning?" <laughs> So traditionally, uh, for 87 uh, uh. years, the parade was in the afternoon on 4th of July, which is 110 degrees, some 4th of uh, July. So and I have complained every year, why don't they do it in the morning? This year, post-COVID, the first one they've done, <laughs> they obviously listened to me, maybe Jennifer, Chrissy's friend that's on the city council, 
They moved it to 10 a.m. And I was like, and you that complained. is too fucking early. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, we, you don't, we you don't get to have it we both can't, <laughs> We can't get the bikes all with the 4th of July shit on it and down there by 10, 10 o'clock in the morning ready to go. But we did. I was still decorating Elvis's bike at the 10 a.m. So I stand there, I get a beautiful family photo, all three kids covered in 4th of July shit, which I'm not even patriotic, which is another podcast, but I do love this 4th of July parade. And I love the Uncle Sam on stilts and the, you know, the snow cones and everything. It's just so Mayberry RFP, Claremont, California. So I look down and of course it's supposed to start at 10, but it's like 10.08 and it's, they still haven't taken off. And I'm looking at my phone and I see Chicago. Yeah. The same exact fucking thing that I'm at. Yeah. Right. And I, and I scroll down and at that time there was three dead. And I know that number with, with 22 gone to the hospital and three dead, that number is going to go up. We're so programmed to understand these mass shootings. It's just insane. So I immediately start looking at the perimeter, like, you know, there's no real tall buildings, you know, but so you look around and like, where could people come from? And the whole parade, I was looking, I was like, I don't know. I don't have a gun. Every time I was seeing a, a Claremont cop or a Laverne cop or LA sheriff, I was like grateful. This is another insane thing. Bob Force is grateful. There's police close to me. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. It's insane. I talked to an uber liberal friend of mine who went through the same thing. And, and he said, you know, I, it's insane. I'm like, you know, Zach De La Roca, communist liberal, but I feel safe knowing there's sharpshooters at Disneyland with the, that mm. we are rooting, that we are feeling comfortable with law enforcement. Wait, there's sharpshooters at Disneyland. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Sharpshooters. There's sharpshooters at every mass event now. There's security. There's armed. Oh, there's, the police supply the sharpshooters. Yeah, no, Disney pays them. Oh my god! You never thought of that? Oh Dude, no, I let, didn't think they. They're not going to let somebody walk into Disneyland and start shooting people. I know, but they have sharpshooters. Yes, on and hand. so I don't want to say, like but a, there's a mass concert <laughs> in the desert that has them and the SWAT team and a tank. These places are ready to go. You're safe at Disneyland. You're safe at Coachella. You're safe at Universal Studios. I'm telling you, they will take that person out in fucking 90 seconds. Wow. And those that know this, How like, come I don't know that. Shit. I've told you before, Mike. <laughs> I wasn't listening. I guess. <laughs> I've never heard sharpshooters that many times in 30 seconds. <laughs> no, but. But I mean, they have to, and they learned a lot out in Las Vegas. They didn't have them at that country Western thing. If they would have had them, they could have shot back at the window. So pretty much any of these big festivals and big gatherings and all the amusement parks. Huh, and all I like that. that. I don't know. Why do I well, like that? See, that's what my friend was saying. Why do we <laughs> like that? We used to be against the government. Now I feel reassured <laughs> that a Claremont police the guy with a fucking automatic weapon is 10 feet from my kid going in a 4th of July parade. And then when he started to go ahead in his motorcycle, I was like, whoa, 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 where are you going, oh. motherfucker? Stay, stay near my stay kids. <laughs> stay near my kids. <laughs> hey, Mussolini, I need you next to me. <laughs> it is insane what our country has become in such a short period of time. It's wow. insane. It, it, was, it was odd. Like one of the first Ubers we took in London, the, the dude starts right away with, so what's what's up with you guys and guns? <laughs> and I go, what? And he goes, well, being the, lo- being the uh, um, European ambassador, Chuck, you could explain to him <laughs> I that we believe in the Second Amendment here and well, the right no. for idiot, mentally ill people to blow our kids away. He Fuck goes, it. he goes, you know, I don't. I don't feel threatened by anything. And he goes, you could ask a hundred people that I know. And I bet none of them has seen a gun in real life. He goes, wow. maybe one of them. So maybe 99 out of a hundred people I know has even seen a gun. 
much less fired one, much less had one. And he and he asked me right away, he goes, so do you have any guns? And I said, dude, this has gotten really weird real quick. <laughs> and he, uh, I'm just, you're just like, I'm just here to see Soho and go to the Chili Peppers. What the fuck is your problem? Well, I'm you not know representative what? of the... <laughs> of the NRA. You're right. And yeah, it's just one of those damn. things where it's just like it, it was it cracked me up how people who think they're extremely intelligent and uh, do their rants on Facebook and everywhere else, this Uber driver had more sense because even over there, like the news is different. So you're you're made to think for yourself. So he was thinking for himself. He was gathering information from a lot of different sources. And because of the way I answered that, he said, would you be willing to give up your gun or guns if you thought this stuff would end? And I said, this is too much. This is too hypothetical for me to even answer right now. And really, I think we were going to go go to see Wicked. So I was like, I'm on, I'm on my way to a, a play in the West End. And and dudes just like, you know, but well, it does. It does. It is everywhere. So we've had just since we've done a podcast, we've had Buffalo, uh, 19 year old nutcase, mentally ill boy, uh, Evaldi, Texas, 18 year old nutcase, no supervision. Grandma raising him, doesn't even know what's going on with him. And then this kid who comes from, I, you know, Michael Jordan lived in Highland Park. Like my the the clients that I've had all come from Highland Park. It's like the it's like the rich part of Chicago. Yeah. So this kid is a kid of privilege. He's a rapper, by the way, and a gamer. And so oh. is the Buffalo kid, and so is the Evaldi kid. And so I'm I'm proposing, and I proposed at work, and everybody looked at me like. Oh my God! Why do they is like why? Do, why does Bob even come here? <laughs> I know where you're going, and I'm already thinking. That. <laughs> so, so is there an actual diagnosis we could come up with, or an addiction we could start kind of filling in to violence? Because these kids play Call of Duty, and 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 the other one that I've now banned Elvis from playing. Uh, what's the the one that uh, kids are crazy about? Not Roblox, but the other one. It's what terrible Fort, Fortnite? Fortnite. Anytime you're using an you're an avatar using a human avatar to use weapons to kill other human beings. Uh, Elvis is not True, allowed. Like Grand Theft Auto. Uh, yeah, uh, Grand Theft Auto. But Elvis is not allowed to play any video games that that have where it's a real human killing another human that is not plants versus zombies that is not cuphead that is not several games that so i'm not saying games are bad or gaming is bad but it gets to a level where it's just murder it's murder right chuck right no and, no and i believe every all the research well kids don't it doesn't show that kids are prone to violence how none of these kids were in the drama club you know what i mean <laughs> None of them, none of them were math nerds. They weren't in the chess fucking club. They were gamers. Right, right. And, and probably playing, you know, the, you made, you said something a long time ago about how maybe, you know, songs like heroin could lead people towards drug use. And then that, that FX Sex Pistols show was on. And I, I heard a lot of interviews from people around that show. And they were saying, as soon as Johnny Thunders went over there, everybody wanted to be a junkie. Because right. it was I believe cool. it. I believe it contributes to it. Right. I believe, right. So I believe but, I negatively contributed to heroin addiction in the mid eighties for sure. Right. So how could if we can make that correlation or that causation? How could you not make a causation there that exposure the game, to this? Well, because the gaming industry is a multi-trillion-dollar business for one. Right. America doesn't have a religion. It, it just has a, it you know, it's cur money. currency. Yeah. The yeah. religion is money. And so all the research and all the evidence is all kind of probably provided by the gaming industry. But there's no doubt this, these kids weren't in the chess club. These three kids. I've read everything about them. They're all gamers. The Buffalo kid was live on Twitch when he was murdering people. Yeah. Right. So they're gamers. 
I'm not saying all games are bad. You guys know I love games. I want to be a a gamer myself at 61 years old. But there there is a certain part of this population that is disenfranchised. You just look at this kid from Chicago. He looks like this kid needs help. Then you go and find out he tried to commit suicide in 2019. He tried to kill his parents with a knife in 2020. How come this kid's allowed to buy a gun? That's what I would say. That's a yeah, great question. Exactly. exactly. Right? If he's so mentally unstable that he's trying to, he's, he's, he's institutionalized for, for suicide, then he threatens to kill his parents, and then he starts stockpiling weapons, and all the while he's playing Call of Duty or some violent, murderous video game. And posting it on social media. Yeah. Somebody should be able to step in. But when yeah. you read what his parents, especially the, another kid in Chicago who cut off his girlfriend's head, I don't know if you know, that father mm-hmm. went on television and gave the greatest explanation. He said, we have known our son is violent. We have known our son is, son is schizophrenic. We have tried to get help from him for him for five years. Tell us where we could have turned to. We've exhausted everything that people, po- every direction people pointed us in. Wow. We're a broken society. Wow. And you know, if Hollywood you, Hollywood is hypocritical because they're the ones so concerned about gun violence and, and, and a lot of actors petitioning against gun violence. And yet you have John Wick, you have all these movies that are just completely, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, and they continue to put those out. There's no, there's no stopping them. But I'm not oh. saying that it's going to affect Elvis and his friends or Chuck's kids or your kids. You know, it's not. But it's definitely affecting these three boys. And they are boys. They are 18, 19, and 21 years old. And all told, they murdered about 35 people in the last month. Yeah, Yeah, see, I think you We have to be able to diagnose them and get them in a recovery system where they can start to learn how to cope and regulate the stuff that we're doing with drug addicts. We need to do with them. Well, you know, one of the things that's in the new bill and everything is that they're going to have to check these social media sites before they can get a gun if they're a certain age. Well, I don't know who's going to who's going to do that. That's I don't know. That's a bunch of democratic Uh, hooey. A a big a big part of it because you were you were in France like last year, the year before, right, Bob? Yeah. So it's like the Airbnb we had in France was actually on the Seine on one of the islands. So it's like you see at the end of the day, because people don't have big houses with great big yards or whatever, people just start gathering down by the river. People gather in the parks. They're way more social. Black, white, people with money, people without a lot of money. You can tell just by looking at them that they're if that happened here, it would be so uncomfortable. But there's people drinking wine. There's people eating dinner. There's people seeing friends. They're all out socializing. And being amongst people, not being locked in their yeah, houses. Yeah, but these kids are the forgotten kids. I mean, I, I'm just saying, I just, and I'm, I'm going to invert it because I've been kind of looking at these kids for years. I wrote a song in like 2004, uh, open letter to Kip Kinkle, um, the first school shooter in Oregon, um, who's out of jail now. I killed his classmates and now he's out a free person, whatever. Anyways, um, I've been kind of obsessed with it. And I do believe that drugs negate the shooting. I think if they become drug addicts, they don't become shooters. I really believe that because all the trauma, all the disenfranchisement, all the kind of bullying, all the stories you hear of the kids that we treat, Chuck, it's the same story as these shooters, but they get on heroin and somehow they cope or they whatever and then they, well, then they end, and then they end up with us and we teach them how to live hmm. but nobody's teaching these kids how to live they're just in their rooms online watching the most horrible violent propagandic fucking dehumanizing shit online then they're posting about it then they're getting boners buying automatic weapons and and they're playing these violent video games. I know what these kids' lives are like, and I think we need to get them in rehab. I swear to God. Well, so before they do this, before they do this, unfortunately, there's enough of these shooters that they should be able to build, 
you know, some sort of model like they did with serial killers. Unfortunately, there's enough of them and there's enough things that they should be able well, to I think gather. there's a way more a lot of these kids than there were uh, Chad Bundy's, trust me. Yeah, I think there's, that's what I'm I saying. Think there's, I think that's there's a brilliant idea, though. That's a brilliant, like a deterrent program, not a rehab, but a deterrent. They need, they just need community and they need love. And they, I know it sounds crazy. Obviously, these parents of these kids are just, you know, you have to be a special parent to deal with a kid like this, right? The kid from Chicago looks like he has fetal alcohol syndrome. I swear, the the one from yesterday. Yeah, he looks super like far apart. He, yeah, he he looks like he and that that kid needs a therapeutic environment surrounding him so he doesn't end up doing this, feeling so alienated and f- so filled with narcissism and social media. Like I'm, I'm watching it with Sid. Sid posted a thing of us at the Fourth of July thing on her Instagram. Now understand, it's only Chrissy, her my mother-in-law, relatives in Iran, like friends of Chrissy's. She said it got 42 likes, and that scared the fuck out of me. How are we becoming a society that's all based on how many? And it starts so early. Like you want, she wanted to share with her relatives in Iran that we had this 4th of July thing and her and Elvis had fun and it was really cool and fun. And somehow we've put it into this likes thing. I think the Mm. likes thing needs to go away. All the numbers of social media need to go away. There's no reason for them. Well, other than competition and money. Why is that? How do they gain more money? If there's more, because the, the people that get the more likes, and the more followers become influencers. Yeah, but it can be an internal. But yeah, but that can be an internal thing that you maybe can know if you if you read your emails. But I'm talking about you know kids. Kids are wanting to communicate, or seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve years old, and they want to show what they're doing to their circle of friends or whatever. I have no problem with that. It's like a bulletin board. It's like a you know. It's like a sharing with your community. But why does it have to be the likes? Something about you know, the likes is really wrong. And it's pushing people. Like if you say something negative and you get a bunch of likes on it, you're going to go a little more negative because it worked. Right. And well, now you're talking about the adults. <laughs> yeah. Well, every- if Chuck knows, did you know, Chuck, I, I don't think we're, we're doing the podcast. Mike's kids at a very young age were playing call of duty. And I remember talking to him about it being Mike, my kids I, are girls, Bob. Why yeah, would I know. they fucking play Call of Duty? They were playing a violent video game. They were what not violent, playing a violent viol- video game. What was the violent video game? Uh, my one daughter plays Overwatch, which is What's cartoon. That? What is that? Cartoons. Overwatch not- is, is cartoon killing, just like Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, okay. Okay. I was wrong. But it is killing. Like, killing is a part of all these video games. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Shooting and killing. You just can't get away from it. I mean, I like plants for zombies, but and the and the thing you're shooting with is a is shooter. a plant, a pea shooter. <laughs> I play it. <laughs> all, the old men, all the old men play plants versus zombies. <laughs> we got our Dr. Dinosaur, man. Oh, See, what, you know, it used to be the, the games used to be way more fun, like Crazy Climber and Dig Dug and Pac-Man and Asteroids. There wasn't a, there wasn't like a violent thing uh, attached no, to Street it. Street Fighter is when it began. Street Fighter. Finish him. Remember that? Yeah. Those are still cartoon characters. Call of Duty is like a realistic sort of, you know, you have a realistic face. You're shooting people and their heads are exploding. It looks very real. Right. And that's what the the one that Elvis plays looks pretty realistic. Yeah. What's it called again? Not Roblox, but uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. It's pretty realistic. And they buy automatic weapons, Chuck. Hmm. Like it's fucked up, man. We are a fucked up society, right? It's just fucked up. And, and so everybody's wants to label it evil. Like I it's not, yeah, the act is evil, but the kid is still alive, you know, mm-hmm. like, and we never see them again. That's the other thing. They shuffle them off. Either they get killed in the actual act, but all three of these kids are not dead. Right. Let's hear from them. Right. I want to know what their lives are like. I want to know what they think. I want to know what they what what brought them to this day. 
I want to know. We need to know as a society instead of say label it. Oh, they're just evil. No, there's so many of them. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, so, I do believe that if they went to Aloe, they wouldn't have done this. It would have changed them for the rest of their lives. You, you if they went to wavelengths, they wouldn't have done this. And by the way, let me tell you the statistics. All of these things are done by lone kids in their, in their, the latest is mid twenties. So here's the other thing. All the, all the big talkers down there in Huntington beach with their signs, big pot bellied guys and the fucking come from Temecula to protest and say, they're going to fuck shit up and they're carrying their weapons. They never do shit. They're all just a bunch of blowhards. <laughs> it's these little disenfranchised teenagers that do this. Mm-hmm. The, when, when have you ever seen when the shooter was like a 55 year old blowhard from Temecula? Never. It's always a little kid. It's always a little kid. That Las Vegas concert shooter was an older cat. Yeah, that that was a nobody. They still don't know why he did that. Yeah, he was. They just, still don't know why. These attacks tend to be teenagers, early twenties, male, disenfranchised, no friends, no uh, only live through the, the violence of the internet. And they have these manifestos, we call them. They're just the kids writing shit on the internet. Let's mm-hmm. stop calling it a manifesto. No, it gives you know too much I mean? credit. Yeah. It does you know, give them too much credit, but CNN, all these lame media outlets, oh, they released their manifesto. No, it's a fucking teenage kid who's emotionally underdeveloped writing some shit he thinks. It's worthless mm-hmm. and meaningless. But we do know that these kids need need to be engaged in a community. They need, I, I, you know, I'll always believe that. I believe rehab has prevented some of the kids that have gotten sober or turned their lives around or met somebody or spun into a different orbit or, or gained a, a social psychosocial support network. Even if they're continuing to use drugs, they have a different perspective than if they just sit isolated like the kid in Texas with his grandma in the living room watching television and him just fantasizing and jacking off looking at weapons all day on the internet. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. these kids need to be engaged. And they are a small, small, small percentage of the population, but there's a definite trend I'm seeing. They're young, they're male, they're disenfranchised, they have no friends, they, they don't have much parenting for the most part, no parents, no, the, all, all the parents claim they never had any idea they would do this, yeah. right? No idea, no fucking idea they would do something like this. Mm. All yeah. that you've seen over the last five, 10 years of all these shootings and your kid looks exactly like one of them and you had no fucking idea, you fucking idiot. Are you kidding me? Well, not just parents, everybody around <laughs> it. I mean, there's there's something to be said. I I like your point of of the idea of socialization and bringing people in and not not allowing people to get lost in their own insanity because any, anybody can spiral left to their own devices. But if you're mentally not well to begin with and you're left alone, you're isolated, man, that's probably going to happen. Now, if what you're being fed is a continuous diet of violence and you engage with people on the internet um, and, and, and you're feeding that all the time, that, it's an, an almost, almost an inevitable outcome. But then there'll be the assholes. I mean, the other people who will say, lots of people do that and don't shoot people. You know, and it's just like, that's not what you you're know saying. What I, you know you're what not I say saying to that. You know what I say to that? Yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, keep so watching. I really, because I really, I really believe, you know how we have this spin dry rehab world now, right? Mm-hmm. I've been involved in it for 20 years. It's gotten less and less treatment, more and more paperwork, but it still is community. And they get an adult time out for 20 or 30 days or 50 days. And they get to meet. 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 new people and they get to hear what other people think and believe in real time in real life in in reality instead of these videos that they get fed by themselves 24 hours a day seven days a week for years that that so i'm wondering if we could create some sort of spin dry mental health rehabs hybrid i'm telling you 
if your kids all just just fucked up and crazy and obsessed and threatening you and plays video games all day and it's it's just like is just completely non-functional can we come up with a diagnosis for that and come up with a treatment plan or treatment modality that works for that which is basically just rehab only focused on violence addiction i think they're addicted to violence they're addicted to hatred they're addicted to anger they're addicted to retribution they're addicted to vengeance they're addicted to all this they're addicted to this they're addicted to this as badly as the kids that i know that are addicted to weed or mara or coke or heroin or fentanyl they're addicted to it they spend all their time consumed in it Uh, right so why wouldn't a reputable mental health professional they see them once a week. They see them once a week. They have to go live somewhere. They can't no, no, just no. fucking right. But see, I'm not. I'm not a mental health guy. Um, so I, I would, I would think that somebody whose primary mental health would be looking into this or thinking about it. Why no, are you? It's all. It's all psychiatric hospitals, and they're just, they're just get them in, get them out, get them on meds. Right. For some reason, rehab is given more time with people. <laughs> truly are i've worked i've worked both mental health and, and addiction and on average i mean like in my prime i would say for mental health you're lucky to get eight days for addiction you know you pretty much get 17 18 days 17 or 18 days is a long time it's a long time for somebody 20 years old to get mm-hmm. up and meet meet people that have jobs or to hear other stories or to relate or sit and smoke or to fall in love or there's so much that can happen in 17 days. It never happens in eight days. They admit on a Friday, nothing happens all weekend. Staff come in, they do the intake on Monday. They're discharged on Friday or Saturday. Mental health yeah. doesn't have long enough stays. It's mostly it's, testing. And, because and it's all in hospitals. There's no mental health rehabs like we have, CDRH as they're called. There's, uh, you know, we, we, I'm telling you, and the insurance industry is the one who created modern rehab. I bet you they would love stopping spending all this money at these psych hospitals, $5,000 a day. And put them into wavelengths and stay, you know, get them stable, get them psychiatric evaluation, get them on medicine, and let them stay with us for a month for 10 grand. How's that gonna fucking kill anybody? You know what I mean? It may change their orbit. Yeah. I really believe it. I really believe it. So though I have no faith that rehab is going to stop fentanyl addicts i start to have faith it could stop school <laughs> shootings <laughs> i am well, insane i am insane yeah but but it, it, i think you know it as that as one prong of a multi-prong something has to happen right because this is the thing that foreigners talk to me about first guns first Violence. thing first thing and and it worked better when we didn't talk because people just assumed we were German and left us alone because of <laughs> bugging Amy's hair. Oh, I thought you were German. <laughs> nope. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. So you went to the Chili Peppers. Oh, it was, was that fun? Yeah. Uh, you know, I got and I need to thank. For, for It was super cool. The place we were was amazing. The, the place we were at. Thank you very much for that. And then. Flea showed Bug that you play bass with your fingers, so he's not doing open strumming on his bass anymore. And I really appreciate the noise level, but he has been wearing a baseball cap backwards. That is ever since that happens. That is Chad. That is just like he just—he was just like as soon as he as soon as he could get to a ball cap, it's on backwards, and it's just like, geez. So his quiet bass. Do you remember? But it means something to us, but it's faded away. And Chad is the one holdout. Remember how many people wore backwards baseball caps or sideways? Sideways Mm -hmm. was also a way in the 80s to wear a baseball cap. Uh, Mr. Anthony Kiedis was not uh, unknown to do that. And I just thought sideways baseball cap, I've seen Mike Mart with a baseball cap, and you know what he did with the baseball cap? He took the brim and rolled it up, and so it pointed straight up, Chuck. <laughs> there was all kinds of baseball cap shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. Before the flat bills came around. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> that you was a game changer. Remember that, Mike? Why did you roll it up? I don't know. Because I washed it and it ruined it. So I figured, well, I might as well roll it up. It looks all wrinkly and fucked up. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Got to make it look good, you know? Always <laughs> practical. I bet you we can find pictures of everyone we know wearing backwards baseball caps if we looked really hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always give people I usually give people a hard time. I go, you know, that means you're a catcher. <laughs> I go, yeah. oh, Especially God. in certain communities, that means you catch. You don't pitch, brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 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 he did could you see the band pretty good from where you were dude we were we had we were in a box area that had free food and free drinks and uh, oh, Amy, you, didn't, you didn't relapse, did you? N- no, I, I drank that, a whole right? lot of Coke Zeros, though, wow. um, and ate hot dogs and hamburger because those are few and far between in England. Jeez. Wow. But the, uh, um, Amy was like, this is so cool. She was like, I, we saw it was either v- Venus or Serena Williams. That's who we were hanging out with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You and Venus. Yeah. And so it's, it's just like it's, it was it was so cool. And it was such an adventure getting there and to see 60,000 people going nuts and singing at the top of their lungs was just, it was just this weird, totally cool strangeness in the middle of a totally cool, weird trip. It, it was That's some so frosting. Fun. Yeah. So it was, it was a, it looked, you sent me a video. It looked like it was daytime. Were they playing during the day or it was, it, it was light it was bright. Is it, is it light it at bright. nighttime? It was at 7.45 is when they started playing, and the, it doesn't get dark until, like, hmm, 10. Oh, God. Yeah, it looked weird that they were playing in the daytime. I haven't seen that since I saw Peter Frampton at Day on the Green in 1977 in Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> like a headliner during the day? Are you kidding me? Because yeah, Fleetwood but- Mac headlined over Peter Frampton, but... Peter Frampton was much bigger than Fleetwood Mac. And so uh, Peter Frampton in his prime, show me the way here, you know, Frampton comes alive, played in the daytime. And then when you sent me that video, it was like, it was like Frampton during the day, the Chili Peppers are playing during the day. I don't think they've played during the day in like 20 years. Yeah. And then I guess they canceled the next show because someone was sick. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you what I did. So, and what I'm trying to encourage is our listeners, if you have children, or even in some cases, you know, you did things right, you have grandchildren, take them to see music. I took Sydney to see Kraftwerk in San Diego the other night, and she loved it, and they didn't know how to fucking deal with it. It was nuts. She, because the only other concert she's been to is like, Coachella, you're just running around was Justin Bieber and all the Justin Bieber fans go like this and make a heart to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only thing that Sid knows. So she was doing that to the craftwork guy. <laughs> <laughs> in between songs. She was doing the heart sign with her hands to show that's how you show that you love them or appreciate them. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and they were thrown. They were like, because we were in the front row, and it was just like they, these like German guys that don't talk and you know don't acknowledge the audience and try to act like robots. And there's this you know five year old little girl dressed in a pink dress giving them the, 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 the Justin Bieber heart love sign. They didn't break they character. Did, they were they were cracking up. Well, the Rolf, the guy that's been in it the whole time. He looked at me and he kind of smiled and like, cause we were only like 10 feet away from them. And then at the wow. end, she ran up cause they all on, on music nonstop, my favorite song, which was last. I didn't think she'd last till the end. She did. And they exit one at a time and the music keeps playing. That's music nonstop. And the, the, <laughs> the singer guy is last. And he walked out and she ran up to the front of the stage, like literally five feet from him was doing the heart thing to him. And he gave a second bow and he was like smiling, like the craft work guys broke character because Cindy just loves them so much. That's so <laughs> <Fantastic>. great. <laughs> 
And I just wonder, what did they think? Like, what guy, who brings a five-year-old girl to this How did they enter, Bob? Did it look like they kind of came in sort of on the screen or something like that? Like on that We Are Robots song? Oh, We Are the Robots is after they are done, We Are the Robots plays. And the real robots were standing in the position where they were. Then somehow it goes dark again, and then they they appear. So it makes you think. And um, it was really cool. It was so cool. But anyways, so we have this this like amazing night. She stays up the whole time. She loves that song. We are the robots, yeah. and she un- she gets it that they are so important in the history of music. Oh, she okay. she really gets it because I said, Sid, you got to understand, no one played music like this. Nobody. These two guys, Florian is not in it anymore. He doesn't tour. He's still in it, but he doesn't tour. I said, Florian and, and Rolf started playing music that no one liked no one listened to <laughs> no one well, they no had one to build wanted, stuff no one yeah no one wanted anything to do with it and she goes it's every music it's every music Craftwork cool. is the most influential band i'm going to quote the great pete weiss there are only two bands that matter the beatles and Craftwork. those are the two most influential bands in the history of, mu- of popular music that's wow. true. It's true. Singer song songwriting and original songs and the Beatles and all of their greatness. And then the sound of music is craftwork. You listen to hip, you listen to the baby, it's craftwork. DJ Khalib is craftwork. Dustin Bieber is craftwork. It's all fucking black pink is craftwork. BTS is craftwork. It's everywhere. It is the they are the most influential band as far as sound goes. I, it's just amazing what they, those two guys, and then the other two guys that, you know, if you know the history of crap work, it's very, it's the two guys get all the credit. And then, but the other guy is the singer, which the, the singing is so music nonstop. Or, <laughs> or you know what I mean? Bum, yeah. bum, bum, not the auto bum. Fun, 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 not the autobahn. Right? And this guy, this guy's new to the band. He joined it in 1975. And he's, <laughs> he's not respected. The new right? guy. Yeah. The new guy joined in 75. But they were just amazing. And it was so yeah. great. And, uh, and I got to say this new thing about concerts. I, I just can't. I never can plan. Like, I can't plan. Like, there's so much great music coming out. Bjork played and I missed it. And then, uh, you know, there's just so much. And I just decided I'm going to be a StubHub guy. I'm just going to, if we can go and we want to go, I'm just going to take it on the chin. We got two row AA, front row seats for me and Sid. Row seat 10 and 12. Basically, center stage, front row. $245, $245, including the 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 um the StubHub fees. Wow. Did you get it the night of the show? Yeah, or the day before, the night before. Oh, well, that's incredible. Right. So so you know, going and buying like, I don't know, what are what are the price of the chili peppers tickets for for SoFi? Or like, not that I'd have to buy those, but but if I was gonna go to like, well, you know um, who do like, I like? Okay, Bonavir. If he's playing, am I going to try to get free tickets? Which I probably can't because he always does Live Nation shows because I'm a friend of ours. And uh, so it's like 125 probably to get a good seat at the like Greek the Pearl Theater Jam or whatever. Seats were like between three, three and four for the really, really good ones, and then you know they went down to like a hundred dollars for the cheaper seats so you get two tickets for 200 bucks plus the fees is 45 bucks right right yeah i just i'm i think i'm gonna do that i just don't know how to go to concerts anymore i bought tickets from blondie and elvis costello the one that you went to we got the two tickets for 45 dollars each like 90 bucks plus the fees like you know 115 dollars. i don't know yeah for the greek theater i, I wonder how i wonder how they sell them that inexpensive well i always wait till i always wait till the night before i i never i never know whether i'm going until the night before or the day of right (laughs) do you make any phone calls though but to see if you can get no no i don't like bugging people like i'll bug i'll bug for when the whole family's going somewhere but if it's just me i don't know 
you can get like I don't know. I bug for Dodgers and I bug for whole family shit because whole family shit is a big hassle. As we know, we're heading, <laughs> we're heading into uh, Ohana in another eight weeks. Yeah. And I know my whole family wants, Sid thinks she's going to be on stage. So we got to figure this out. Like we got to get the good, <laughs> we got to get the good passes. We We shouldn't have to get there the first day and realize we got bad passes and we got to hassle Smitty <laughs> to get good ones or whatever. <laughs> so, so, but, but those types of things, Coachella, Ohana, um, uh, 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 what, what was the other one that we want? Oh, the one Devo, the Devo one family stuff. I will make phone calls for, but just if I want to go see something I, like I'll go on Subhub and if it's affordable, I'll just buy it. 200 bucks to go to the greatest concert ever. See, because it was the greatest concert ever because we were sitting in the front row and the experience she had with those, those guys. Right. right. No, was, that's, you know, you couldn't have had it four rows back for half the price. I wouldn't have gone. It was just, I, I looked and I thought, Oh my God, they're playing in San Diego. Oh my God. There's front row tickets for $110 or something. And then I didn't get them. Then, then they dropped down to a hundred. Right. Hmm. You know what's the other thing on StubHub I don't get? You can get, you can go and find tickets that are like $60, right? That are pretty good, right? That are on the floor, orchestra pit, right? Row T, right? Mm -hmm. For 60 bucks. And then in row V, like further back, uh, they're $150. Who makes the prices? Yeah, Who makes you know, the prices of it? Dude, that's a crazy thing because even things... Uh, like I'll be looking for events and they'll say prices are subject to change. So they'll go up or down depending on whether they're selling quickly or selling slowly. And it's become, it's just become this crazy thing. So it's like, like when we bought the cruel world tickets, you know, and it was just like, you know what, we're going to spend the extra money and get the VIP. So we have bathrooms, you know? Yeah. And, and then I was like, man, I hope, I, I hope the prices don't go down. And did they? You shouldn't you shouldn't have to worry about that? No, it sold out. They had to add right, another okay. day. Okay. Mm. Oh, but that was the, the Morrissey thing. I didn't stay for Morrissey, though. I have them on my list of ten people that I admire. They asked, somebody asked somebody asked me musicians I admire. Morrissey was one of the ten. I don't know why I was thinking of him. B I heard Bjork, some of the Bjork. I Bjork, I love so much. Bjork does not give a fuck. Do you know that she does not give a fuck about nothing. I just love her. I'm, I'm sorry I missed her. I, I heard some of the new, some of the stuff that Morrissey was doing this time in Las Vegas, some of the new stuff. There's live recordings of the new stuff from Bonfire of Teenagers that Josh and Chad are a part of. Yeah, and, and Andrew Watt. Andrew Watt. It, it's, a, it's amazing. It's, I, I mean, I know Mike, I like Morrissey, but he's a, like dog on a chain was horrible. And California Sun was not so good like the last three he did with BMG. But he has a lot of great albums. But this stuff is just, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's uh, Watt or... Is he uh, playing Ohana Fest? Morrissey? No. Somebody, somebody got added that my mind was blown. Oh, Jack White is playing. Yeah. Yeah. Jack White, Stevie <laughs> Nicks. Let's get this straight. So Ohana Fest, it's only like 15,000 people can really fit there. Is Stevie Nicks, Jack White, and Eddie better? Like, you could, that's amazing. That's going to be an amazing day. That's three, three acts that could sell twice that on their own. Right. Uh, Stevie Nicks and... Um... And then Eddie Vedder and Jack White on the same day. And Billy Strings. I like Billy Strings. Who does? So Jack White's the headliner? Jack White plays no, Eddie, It says Eddie Vedder and Jack White. So I don't know. <clears throat> huh. And then Pink is play, playing on the Sunday. And Pink's the headliner. Yeah. And then and who's, who's the underbill? St. Vincent and Dermot under. Kennedy. Oh, my God. Is that, that the guy your daughter likes? Um, Kennedy? Yeah, they do, but there's some great artists that I really like a lot who just haven't never written a great song. The only one who admits it is Father John Misty. In the new Rolling Stone or new NME, they say 
if you could have one wish, what would it be? And he said to write a hit song. How fucking honest is that? I yeah. wish a lot of these other people that haven't written hit songs were that honest. Oh no. Cause, he, Cause you wonder, <laughs> you wonder if they're even trying, you of know what I mean? They like, are. No, they're <laughs> not. They're purposely too cool for school. I think that's a, that's a front. I don't think anybody would mind having a song that reached as many people as no, a song. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Cause I've tried and I've failed and you can tell when somebody's trying, but failing. Right? Well, yeah. When they, when they mimic every trend. Yeah. No, not even that. It's just like you use certain themes and certain subject matter. Like there's a song called it's raining on the bicycle beef record. I purposely want to see, can I write a poppy power pop, like poppy plimsolzy type song? Right. It was meant to be, this is a song that more people than average that listen to my music could relate to this song. It's very simple subject. It's, it's kind of, you know, I, I I'm telling you, I, I, there's a way that you're trying to write a more popular song than heroin, right. Then right. serial, then serial song. Like, like Blur these, did with song too. Yeah. Well, you know what, why he wrote that, right? It's our, it's kind of known, right? So his girlfriend um, was, uh, I don't know if I should tell you. Yeah, I think they've all talked about it in their biographies. By now, every band we talk about has like two biographies. So in a movie autobiography <laughs> and a movie, a biopic. <laughs> A documentary and a biopic. Machine Gun so, Kelly already has one. <laughs> so, so Damien's girlfriend for years was the Elastica girl, right? Oh, you ever heard of the band Elastica? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I'm okay, trying to remember so, her name. And Blur was going, and she she was still starting out, kind of like Chrissy Hine and Mick Jones. And she was like getting her footing Justine? and writing songs. Justine, yeah. She and was with she, Brett from Suede before that. Oh, well, anyway, she was with Damien for a, a long period of time when she was starting her career and finally found the right kind okay. of combo that that just like Chrissy Hine found the Pretenders, though she had uh -huh. been in several bands, this Justine had tried several things and demos and whatever, and now she found the right thing, which was Elastica and the sound of Elastica. So this guy's girlfriend makes her debut record and it's number one all over the world. And she has <laughs> and she has two top, you know, 40 hits, right? So he okay. purposely said, I'm gonna write a song that's <laughs> like an elastic <laughs> song. <laughs> and that's it. Seriously, you can look up, that's it. He's saying, I can write a song just like your fucking bullshit Elastica songs. And, <laughs> and, then, and then put them on the map in America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he should be paying double duty to her. I just like looked it up. Her name him. is Justine. We had it right. Friedemann. Friedemann or something. What's her last name? Uh, Friederlander or something. <laughs> a Niederlander event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Trust me. Yeah. You know who's you know who was friends with her, Mike, back in the day when Elastica first broke? No, Chris Fishman. Hoy. Chris oh, Hoy. Really? What yeah, is he not friends with her now? Well, I don't know. I don't know where she lives or what happened. You know, she never even made a second record. Huh. She's never made another record. Why she's not more legendary is kind of astonishing. She just kind of gets forgotten. This girl had number one album all over the world. Never made a follow up and disappeared. And nobody seems to care. There's no documentary about her. There's no, like, you know, the, everything that Chili Peppers have ever done is psycho super analyzed, right? And this girl had this amazing album that, that just broke through and, and, and it was Riot Girl and it was so many things, so important. And then she just never made another record, right, Chuck? Are you looking at yeah, that? Yeah, no, yeah. And I she just, never I just, made another record. Right. Huh. Well, she uh, apparently she moved to Boulder, Colorado, and to do what? To enter a master's program in visual arts, and she wanted to quote become a nobody. And uh. then in 2016, she said, "I don't really have any desire to make music." To be honest, how well, amazing is her story? Somebody who's listening should do a documentary about her. Or like that—that's amazing story. 
Anyway, so you wanted to know where woohoo comes from. Inspired yeah, by inspired by Elastica. Justine <laughs> Frischman. Yeah. Cool. So, but but is that isn't that so strange? Like things that are around, like like Dave Grawl is is so super analyzed. There's probably like four documentaries. There's that one on the internet where they talk. Dave was the drummer in Nirvana. And you know oh, what no. I mean? They, you know those documentaries that are on YouTube? You know the one? Dave yeah. Roll is worth $240 million. Like, you know, you know what? Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The robot voices. <laughs> yeah, the robot voices. So there's all this analyzation of all these people that everybody knows everything about and it just keeps get, getting regurgitated. It's why Anthony doesn't talk and doesn't participate in any of it because it's already like it's been written about 10,000 times, right? Yeah. But something right. so interesting. Here's this girl that came out of nowhere, wrote, made this amazing album, and it was received all over the world. And mm -hmm. then she just disappeared, and and there's nobody following after her to figure out what the go what's going on. I named my daughter after Sid Barrett. He hadn't he hasn't made he hadn't made music in fifty years, and still people are thinking <laughs> still people are thinking about him. Uh, you know okay, what I mean? Yeah. You know, we, maybe we there's a little to... bit of maybe there's a little bit of misogyny in in how we pick our oh. our mythology, maybe right? You need to get Justine on the on the horn and have her on the show. I want. Yeah, I wonder. I'm, I'm she probably has find no out. desire to be on this show either. <laughs> <laughs> but she can but, talk about. No, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you one that Elijah brings up. My son brings it up all the time. How come Nick Drake is so famous, and Karen Dalton nobody's ever heard of? They're Ooh. basically the same person. <laughs> God, but Nick, dude but nick drake i went through a just a recent re-listening of all of nick drake's he's it's so amazing dude His have you listened to karen so dalton amazing. have you listened to karen dalton no because you're a misogynist pig yeah okay <laughs> yeah but, that's uh, right but well give me what was the name again i'll listen to it karen dalton okay i will i mean she had a voice of the angels she was friends with towns van zandt she was oh. a songwriter she was more interpretive and that era of mid you say 60s. was is she dead yeah she died of alcoholism by the way oh well no oh. wonder she was good <laughs> yeah listen <laughs> Karen she was a real tortured soul she found yeah. she picked up a habit and not a gun exactly. <laughs> yeah we need we need more drugs and less guns that's what we need <laughs> i think that's the I, point. more guns I think the, more <laughs> drugs less guns and this that's is just it. spoken from desperate recovery people <laughs> this is like you know this is like what do we do now okay you know what put them on the fucking shit don't, more hope more do dope <laughs> don't don't go killing people get on dope yeah, just get on, you know. Now we should teach people how to use it like wisely. Like, like I always just like to do dope every day. I have always said that you know, if I started using heroin again, I would just sell everything right up front because then I would have all this big moment, and I'd buy a giant ball of tar. Well, I don't even know if they have that anymore, but I'd buy about, and then I would just start using a little bit every single day, and that way I'd just forego all that pawn shop shit and all that. Stuff. Oh, you get what your shit's worth instead. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah you might. Yes, Alexis I enjoy Ross, do, being medicated every single day. Alexis Ross had a great idea. If we were to relapse, he said we should probably sign up for methadone right away, right? Yeah. So that we're Perfect. in the queue. So we're in the queue, Chuck. You get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're gonna run out of money and like, because it takes like two <laughs> months. It takes like two months to get in the queue of methadone. You gotta meet. You gotta go somewhere. You gotta fill out a form, and you gotta meet it. You got a doctor's appointment. You gotta go to this. And so we should start that process immediately the day after we start using, so that that's coming down the pipe. And if you plan it right, you right. sell all your shit and you dope your way out probably in two months. I, I think now I got so much shit. Oh God, I could go six months maybe. Um, Dude, I'm looking at a, so I'm looking at an original <laughs> so I'm just simply, I'm not I'm not saying I would do it I, I but uh, but I'm just looking at the economics of it like Chuck's uh, Mike's brought up the economics of it yeah. I mean I've got a Henry Miller autographed um you know first edition uh, book that was worth 475 dollars when I bought it for 250 
about that? So if 20 years ago, I bought a Henry Miller autograph first edition um, and it was worth $475 and the guy sold to me for half price, 250, 235 or whatever. Um, how much is it worth now? Is Henry Miller going up in value? Is he, you is know, he popular? You might want to sell it before people forget what books are. And it's just, <laughs> uh, it's just a paperweight or a doorstop. <laughs> so, so anyways, I understand that idea of like getting, like just figuring out the economics of it. Like, okay, I got to unload everything. I got to, I wonder if, you know, I was so good at selling stolen cars, Chuck. I don't know if you know that story, the Sinead O'Connor story. Have I told it? Yeah, about the Jeep? Yeah. yeah. So, so right now, even though I owe like 50 grand on the Durango, maybe I could sell it to somebody because I know how dumb the society has become and how, what a gift of gab my mother used to say I had. So I bet you I could sell a car that I owed a tremendous amount of money on to somebody. For sure. Like in this day, there's not enough real hustlers out in the world right now, Chuck. They're all just a bunch of dumbed down people that can't what, even wipe which their own car butts. Do you, which car do you owe $50,000 on? The Durango, like 42000 bucks on it. Holy shit. Don't buy a new car. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. You know the story? As soon as you drive off the lot, it loses like $10,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you know that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I found that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the drop-off price is amazing. And whatever happens, it's like that Walmart thing that stops the carts from leaving. It's yeah. like depreciates the vehicle. The second you pass that well, line. I, here's my reasoning. So we had the old Jeep, right? And once I just was born, it just, it fucked up everything. Cause you have to have the car seat in the car. So I had one of the kids either sit or Elvis, and then they would fight to ride in the back with pillows. Now, anytime I get pulled over with kids in the back with pillows, I'm getting a ticket, right? I figure it's going to be $490, right? Yeah. But you can't have kids. So we were having, you know, Elvis sit in the front with the passenger seat, Chrissy and the baby, and then sit in the back with pillows. It's just like, because there's not, there's, our car didn't, our, our traveling our family car did not have enough seats unless you sit three across the middle. And when you're driving to Malibu and rush hour traffic, two hour and two and a half hours, it, it, nobody's going to, it wasn't working. So anyways, I got this thing where I could trade in. I don't know how I did it. All I did was I went down on Labor Day weekend. It said zero down and zero and fuck, come on down. We're giving, we're giving away cars. I went down there and I took Chrissy's Jeep and I said, listen, I don't have any money. I've got this Jeep and I want that dope looking SUV. It looks like Jay-Z and Beyonce fucking ride it. I want that. <laughs> Dude, I got that. I got the Jay-Z Beyonce rolling SUV, black on black on black. It's so dope. So I said, can you help me just take this Jeep and give me that one? And we pay 510 on that. I can go to 800 for that fucking SUV. And they oh, did geez. it. They did it. 800 bucks a month. Wow. But somehow I owe $42,000. <laughs> Some kind of interest thing. It's all backwards or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 19% interest. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? I don't yeah. know much. Yeah, and he's I'm only not, paying 10% payments. <laughs> I'm not good on math, but I know that's what I owe. Math is hard, <laughs> man. Math is fucking hard. You know what? They give me this big paperwork. It's like 40 pages. Like, who's going to read that? I just looked at the last page and said 42,900, whatever. Okay, I owe that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but right now, and to me, I paid no money, Chuck. All I did was give him Chrissy's car and drove away in the Beyonce Jay-Z SUV. I was like, this is like, this is like free. This is amazing. Yeah. Except for like four years in when you're still making the payments for that old piece of shit. <laughs> it's a happy day when you drive off. America was working for you that day. Yep. America, yeah. Labor Day. Labor that Day. Was, God was bless good. the laborers. God bless the laborers. We get we are giving away free Jay-Z SUVs down at John Elway. Holy America. <laughs> yes, like my, my dad goes, if you don't feel like you completely fucked the sales guy, then you didn't make a good deal.
Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't. How about this, Chuck? I wasn't even trying. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Bob feeling big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. he was he was so he had a good labor day bonus right i probably paid like three thousand dollars i didn't have to but all you you don't really but for those at home that have never done it you don't really pay anything you just sign a bunch of papers, uh, yeah. like, like fucking day. 20 of them you just sign here initial here initial there i'm like hold on okay and initial, they're really sign, super sign. long they're not like regular size papers. yeah they're, they're long like, really right. fucking long, like yeah, 16 yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. inches long or something yeah, that's some bullshit and you're signing and you're signing and and at the end of it all you just drive away like jay-z it's fucking <laughs> yeah. dope as shit <laughs> what was the first you thing you later. listened to in it i love you man Oh, uh, NBA radio on the fucking serious. Oh, God, I'm ah. a bore. I'm 61 years old. I want to say I listen to, you know, the baby, the little baby. I listen to the baby and little baby and the Drake little, the baby. and ye, ye Drake, little baby and the baby. And yeah. DJ Khalid on, with the cherry on top with Justin doing the chorus. Boom. There it is. <laughs> Good night, fellas. Good night, you guys. Hip hop forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> peace, peace out, peace. all. Peace, guys. Good night. <laughs>